0: All right, let's take our Bibles tonight. Please turn with me to the book of Ezekiel. The book of Ezekiel, chapter number 16. The book of Ezekiel tonight, chapter number 16. I appreciate the message that Dr. Blue just brought to us. And uh, if you see one of my tapes back there on the tape table that says Beginning to Sink, don't buy it. He did say that he was preaching a t- message of typology, and that uh, helped me when he said that. I breathed a sigh of relief, and I appreciate I appreciate the message and say from my heart that I believe what he said was exactly right, and uh, it opened my eyes to some things that I've never really just seen just like that. And you know, sometimes it's hard when you you know you hear preaching and you find out. Well, I've been preaching that the wrong way for a while, and uh, but. I'm glad that the Lord can still help us and uh, teach us and, and help us along life's way. The book of Ezekiel, chapter number 15. I want to deal tonight on a glimpse of the grace of God in the Old Testament. A glimpse of the grace of God. This will also be a message of typology, looking at Ezekiel here as he prophesies to the nation of Israel. And uh, in chapter number 16, verse number 1, the Bible said, Again, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, cause Jerusalem to know her abominations. And say, Thus saith the Lord God unto Jerusalem, Thy birth and thy nativity is of the land of Canaan. Thy father was an Amorite, and thy mother a Hittite. As for thy nativity in the day that thou wast born... Thy navel was not cut, neither wast thou washed in water to supple thee. Thou wast not salted at all, nor swaddled at all. None I pitied thee to do any of these unto thee, to have compassion upon thee. But thou wast cast out in the open field to the loathing of thy person in the day that thou wast born. And when I passed by thee and saw thee polluted in thine own blood, I said unto thee, when thou wast in thy blood, live. Yea, I said unto thee, when thou wast in thy blood, live. I have caused thee to multiply as the bud of the field, and thou hast increased and waxen great, and thou art come to excellent ornaments. Thy breasts are fashioned, and thy hair is grown, whereas thou wast naked and bare. Now when I passed by thee and looked upon thee, behold, thy time was the time of love, and I spread my skirt over thee and covered thy nakedness, Yea, I swear unto thee, and entered into a covenant with thee, saith the Lord God, and thou becamest mine. Then washed I thee with water. Yea, I thoroughly washed away thy blood from thee. And I anointed thee with oil. And I clothed thee also with broaded work, and and shod thee with badger skin. And I girded thee about with fine linen. And I covered thee with silk. I decked thee also with ornaments. And I put bracelets upon thy hands, and a chain on thy neck. I put a jewel on thy forehead, and earrings in thine ears, and a beautiful crown upon thy head. And thus wast thou decked with gold and silver, and thy raiment was of fine linen, and silk, and broaded work. And thou didst eat fine flour, and honey, and oil. And thou wast exceedingly beautiful, and thou didst prosper into a kingdom. And thy renown went forth among the heathen for thy beauty, for it was perfect through my comeliness which I put upon thee, saith the Lord God. Now we'll leave off reading with verse number 14 tonight. And Ezekiel is prophesying, mainly his message is to those who were born during the captivity. Ezekiel was a post-captivity prophet. And he prophesied to those that were in the captivity between the first and the final deportations of Israel and Judah. And he was reminding them of the national sins that had brought Israel so low. And not only that, not only did He remind Israel of her former condition, but He also reminded her of her favored position. How that she was favored among all the other nations. And then there's also the flourishing recognition. And we'll see that in just a minute. The book of Ezekiel here. Ezekiel, the name Ezekiel means when God strengthens. And you'll find there's over 25 references to the Holy Ghost in the book of Ezekiel. And God the Holy Ghost is the divine strengthening agent, the only one who can strengthen us and help us. And there's several interesting facts about the book of Ezekiel. And a lot of symbolism is found in this book. Ezekiel was approximately 35 years old when he began his ministry. The agent in this book I said earlier is the strengthening agent, is the Holy Ghost and the book of Ezekiel has a number of unique disclosures in it. It's here in this book that we learn of Satan's past history. It's here we find about Israel's idolatry. And then there's the future design of the temple in Ezekiel chapter number 47. If somebody has said that Ezekiel is the prophet of hope, born out of the darkest hour of Israel's history in the Babylonian captivity... But I am glad that God used Ezekiel to bring this message. Now tonight, we're going to look at it through the eyes of typology. And you can think about there's the doctrine of grace, there's the dispensation of grace, there's the diversity of grace in 1 Peter 4.10, and then there's descriptions of grace that are found in the Old Testament as well as in the New. 2 Samuel chapter number 9 is a beautiful, beautiful picture of the grace of God in the life of Mephibosheth and David and Ziba there and all. You've heard that preached on many, many times. But tonight, I want you to think with me about this little baby that we've read about here, and I understand that it's talking about the nation of Israel. But I want to go a little further than that and see a picture of our own selves where we were When the Lord found us. Now I believe there's some comparisons here that we'll be able to make a link to tonight with the help of the blessed Holy Ghost. Notice with me in verse number 3, 4, and 5, I want you to see a reason for grace. A reason for grace, or if you will, the object upon whom this grace is bestowed. The picture that's set before us is the picture of an aborted baby as it were. This little baby is out in the field and it's uncovered and it's laying there. And it's, I personally believe, and I'll, I'll, I'll stand to be corrected on this, but I believe the baby was dead. Why else would God tell it to live if it wasn't dead? I believe that baby was laying out in that field. And, its eyes were set in its head. And its body was stiff. And the baby is just laying there. If you'll notice in verse number 4, the Bible said thy navel was not cut. The baby was in an uncut condition. An uncut condition. Do you remember before we got saved how we tried New Year's resolutions? We tried this and that and the other trying to cut ourselves away from this wicked world system, but we were unable to do it. Here's the uncut condition. In verse number 4, neither was thou washed in water. The baby was unclean. I see all kinds of disease and as it were, and nastiness and dirtiness. And the baby is just laying there and it's on afterbirth, if you will. And Isaiah 64 and verse 6 said, all of our righteousness. is like an unclean thing, friend. There's not a spark of divinity inside the sinner that needs a religious fanning to awaken him to the need of Christ. That the sinner is desperately deep in sin, depraved, and needs to be saved by the grace of God. And then we see something else in verse 4. Thou wast not salted at all. They used the salt in that day for medicinal purposes, and the baby was uncared for nor swaddled at all. It was unclothed. It was laying out there naked, if you will, before the elements of the air. That was our condition. Before we were saved by the grace of God, we were unclothed. We stood before God in a naked condition. But I am thankful when He saved us. Thank God that He clothed us in His imputed righteousness. We're wearing the garments of salvation tonight if you've been saved by the grace of God. The Bible said in verse number 5, None i pitied thee, it was unwanted. To have compassion on thee, it was unloved. Cast out into the open field, it was uncovered. To the loathing of thy person. There's something about that word loathing that speaks of undesirableness. Listen to me, mothers, there's not a mother in here that would have reached down and picked up this baby. You wouldn't have drawn this baby to your breast. You wouldn't have planted kisses upon this baby. I mean, the baby is undesirable laying out there in the open field. Here is a reason for grace, or the object upon which the grace of God is about to be bestowed. Notice in verse number 6, The Bible said here, you get to thinking about it, you think in your mind, well, something ought to be done. Somebody ought to come to the rescue of this little baby. And I'm glad that God in His grace and in His mercy does just that. Not only did He do it for Israel, but He did it for every one of us tonight that is saved by the grace of God. The Bible said in verse number 6, And when I... And when I, I call that the pursuer, here's the one that pursued, here's the one that took the initiative. Now listen, I'm looking at it from God's side tonight, so don't try to brand me and don't go out of here and lie on me But the baby is laying there in a dead condition. The baby is like we were. Ephesians 2, 1 said, And you have be quickened who were dead in trespasses and in sins. That's the condition that we were in before we were saved by the grace of God. And He said, And when I... I'm glad God took the initiative here. It wasn't the little baby that was reaching out to God and calling out to God. There was no ability in the little baby to do that. But it was God that came where the baby was. Now there's a rule of first mention in your Bible that, You can go back to the first two sinners in the Bible, and they happened to be a man and woman by the name of Adam and Eve. It was not Adam that came looking for God in the cool of the day. No, Adam had hid himself, sewed him some religious fig leaves together, hid himself out there. But thank God it was God that came looking for Adam and Eve. And it's still God Almighty who's looking for the sinner. God takes the initiative. A few years ago, and I can remember this, they had the bumper stickers out there and on the back of many cars it said, I found it. Well, number one, the Holy Ghost is not an it. Number two, He never has been lost. It was you and I that was lost and He found us. Here I see the pursuer. And when I... Then notice the Bible said, and when I pass by, there's the provision. Uh, I'm glad God made a provision for this little baby. Uh, Everybody else was passing by. Everybody else was having nothing to do with it. But God made a provision and came where it was. I could not reach up to Him, but thank God He came to me. When Brother Squire Parson wrote that song, I'd like to say he knocked a home run with the bases loaded. He came to me. Amen. That's right, you couldn't reach up to God in a dead condition. You couldn't reach up to God. No, friend, but you say, Brother Buster, that was a time when I got under conviction and I began to seek after the Lord. Yes, but who put you under conviction? Who put you under divine summons? Who was it that began to enlighten you and quicken you and show you your need of the Lord Jesus Christ? It was the Holy Ghost, friend. It was God. And when I passed by, there's the provision. And thank God He came by where I was one day. If you'd have seen me before I got saved, that if you'd have seen my brother before he got saved, if you'd have seen many of us before we got saved, you'd have passed us by too, friend. But I'm thankful. I think about the story in Luke chapter number 10 that there was a certain priest that came by, a certain Levite that came by and passed by on the other side. But thank God for Luke chapter 10 verse 33. But a certain Samaritan as he journeyed, came where He was. I'm glad the Lord came to where we were. And listen, He didn't more than just look upon us, but He got involved with our case. He loved us and did something about our lost condition, friend. Amen. He said, when I pass by thee, I like this now, here's the here's the pursuit. This is who He's after right here. He said, and I pass by thee. You say, who's He talking about? He's talking about you if you've been saved by the grace of God. And if you're here tonight lost, He's talking about you. I believe God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. I believe Jesus Christ tasted death for every man. I do not believe there is a man, much less a race of men, that the Gospel is not fitted for, friend. I believe it is whosoever will. Let Him take of the water of life freely. Amen. I believe that with all I have to believe with tonight. And I'm glad He said, I passed by Thee. Pass by Thee. They tell me on August the 8th, 1976, is when I got saved. They said there was four and a half billion people on planet Earth. I've never met anybody else that I can remember that got saved August the 8th, 1976. There may be somebody here tonight, but I've never met anyone that got saved that day. I'm sure there's possibility, a great possibility that there were. But you know what? I'm glad on that day He sought me out. He came where I was. He called me unto salvation. That's exactly right, friend. And I'm telling you what, I knew He was dealing with me. I knew He was calling me. I knew it was a personal call that He had dealt to my heart and called me that day unto salvation. I still believe that. I believe it's a personal call. There may be 55 people get saved in one service. There may be 100 get saved in one service. But every one of those 100 had a personal call from the Holy Ghost unto salvation. He said, I pass by thee. By the way, He's still the one that looks for the sinner. You'll agree, won't you? It's the shepherd that looks for the lost sheep. It's the shepherd that looks for the lost sheep. It's the potter that looks for the clay. Clay never has jumped up out of the riverbed and ran to the potter's house and said, make something out of me. I don't believe that's ever happened. But it's the potter that goes looking for the clay. It's the shepherd that goes looking for the lost sheep. I'm looking at it from God's side tonight. Now you say, Preacher, you're making a lot out of God. Well, can we make too much out of Him? Do you think we can make too much out of God Almighty? I don't believe that, friend. (laughs) No. And I could use the word and it would, it, it, it frightens a lot of people. But He's sovereign. He's, that just simply means He's God and beside Him there is none other. He's God Almighty. He doesn't have to check in with us with how He does His business. I mean, as far as I know, He's never checked in with him to me and said, what do you think about this and what do you think about that? He's the one that's calling the shots that He's God and beside Him there is none
1: other.
0: And when I pass by thee, the Bible said, I saw thee polluted in thine own blood. There's the place. God said, I saw thee, I saw you, Israel. You were polluted in thine own blood. They were down, when God's talking about here, when Israel was just a little baby down in Egypt. Been down there for 400 long years. God said, I saw thee polluted in thine own blood. That's the place that they were in. You ever thought about, have you ever tried to just sit down and think about how depraved and how wicked and ungodly we really were before we got saved? Now you say, wait a minute, Brother Satan, you you, 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 you and your brother might have been pretty bad, and y'all might have done drugs, and y'all might have drunk liquor, and y'all might have done some of those things. But I tell you, well, you may be here tonight and you never did do drugs. You may be here tonight and you never have uh, smoked marijuana or took, you've never even taken a cigarette. You may not know what beer tastes like or liquor and I'm glad for you. I, I'm glad, I wish that was my testimony tonight. I wish I didn't know anything about the things of the world. That I'm going to tell you something, it took the same amount of the grace of God to save you that it did to save us. And here's this baby, it's in its own blood. And the Lord said, when I pass by, I saw thee. I saw thee polluted in thine own blood. I'm glad God didn't throw up His nose and hold His fingers to His nose and walk by on the other side and say, you're too hard. You're too difficult of a situation. I'm glad God specializes in hard situations, friends. If he didn't, there's a many of a person in here tonight that wouldn't have been saved by the grace of God. You've not always said in church, you've not always had a coat in the town, sir. Hey, some of you ladies, you're not always dressed like you're dressed tonight. God found some of us on a bar stool, out of a honky-tonk in a juke joint, going to hell 90 miles an air. But thank God I'm glad that when He saw me polluted in my own blood, as it were, that He didn't let that deter Him. He didn't let that cause Him to say, No, I can't help this individual. I remember preaching many years ago now, probably 17 years ago. I was trying to think about it this afternoon. I was preaching over near Charlotte, North Carolina. I was in a meeting there with Brother Gary Berry, preaching there in Charlotte, North Carolina. I was staying with some people at their house, and, and the husband was there with me all week long, and he had a back surgery, and he was a truck driver, and he couldn't go out that week, so I stayed with Brother Rufus and Miss Dovey. And as I was there she called one afternoon and she said, Preacher, she said, Would you and my husband come over here to the seven eleven? My husband knows where it's at, brother Buster. She said, I, I I got one over here. And I knew what she was talking about. She said, I got one. And we went over there and when we pulled up There sat a young man, probably 33, 34 years old, his beard had grown all out, wrinkles under his eyes, eyes as bloodshot as any you've ever seen. I mean, just old filth all over him. And... His stench, his body odor would take your breath. And He was holding a gospel tract that, that Miss Rufus had just given to him. Miss W had given to him. And he looked up and he said, Are you a preacher? I said, I'm trying to be one for the Lord. And he said, She said that Jesus would save me. And he said, Is there any truth to that? And I said, Son, I'm glad Jesus can save you. I'm glad Jesus can save you. I said, son, now what I'm going to do, I said, if you really mean business. Now, I'd met winos before. I'd met winos before, and I've had people to take me for a little money here and there, I've tried to be good, and i try to give the money for food. I said, son, I'm going to go inside here and buy you some groceries. We're going to get you some coffee. I said, where are you staying at? He said, I don't have a place to stay. He said, I'm living behind that dumpster right behind the convenience store. He said, I've got some cardboard stretched out there. He said, that's where I'm staying. I said, if you really mean business, we'll pick you up tonight at a quarter till seven. He said, where are we going? I said, I'm holding Revival. I said, we're going to take you to church tonight. He said, preacher, I've not been in church since I was a little boy. He said, my mother doesn't know if I'm dead or alive. He said, I've been on the road hoboing from town to town to town. But he said, this woman said that Jesus would save my life. I said, you come to the church house tonight. We'll pick you up. He said, I don't have any more clothes. This is all I've got. Preacher, you know my body odor is offensive. And he said, I don't have a place to take a bath. I said, it won't be necessary. I said, you'll be welcome just like you are, son. And we come over there about a quarter to seven. I must confess, my faith wasn't too good. I prayed all afternoon, praying that that boy would be there. And when we pulled up, I couldn't see him anywhere. Finally, the preacher tooted the horn. Brother Rufus tooted the horn. I saw no hand go up near that dumpster. We pulled around there and picked him up. He got in the car. We had to roll all four windows down. Uh, I mean, it was bad. The smell was. And he said, preacher, just let me sit out on the front of the church. I'm talking about judgment day honesty, what I'm telling you about. He said, let me just sit out on the steps. He said, I, I'm not dressed to go in. He said, I, I, I don't, they, they won't want me to come in. I said, if they don't let you in, then I'm not going in because I'm preaching to me. And I knew I was bringing him to a good church where they love sinners. When we come walking through the back door, there's four men got up off the platform, run back there where he was, hugged his old neck, greeted him, and ushered him in and set him down. And I tried to preach that night on John 3.16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Brother Blue, I was using a good outline. I had it alliterated. And I was going down through there right in the middle of my message. That boy jumped up. He screamed out and said, Do I have to wait? Can I get saved right now? And he said, lit into the altar. Damn, people got around that old boy and prayed for him and he got saved. Later on that night, he got a haircut, got a shave. They got him some clean clothes. I'm glad the Lord was willing to save that boy that night. God saw him polluted in his own blood, as it were, and the Lord was willing to save
1: him.
0: Do you remember where the Lord found you? Do you ever think about where the Lord found
1: you?
0: <laughs> the Sunday morning I got saved. There's liquor on my breath. Probably there was the there was in my veins, dope flowing through my veins. I'm ashamed of it. I was a preacher's son. Many of these men, brother Ray Lindsay, brother Kate, they brother these men, knew my daddy. Now I'm ashamed of it, but I'm so glad the Lord didn't turn me down. <laughs> He said, I saw thee polluted in thine own blood. That's the place. Then the Bible said, Live. (laughs) That's what God said to that baby. God said, Live. Yea, I said unto thee, When thou wast in thy blood, Live. Here's the power of amazing grace. (laughs) You say, What do you believe happened? I believe that little baby's fingers begin to move. I believe blood begin to circulate in that baby's body. I believe its eyes fluttered open. I believe it let out a little Why? That's the best I can do in fifty years. It's been fifty years since I tried that. I believe that little baby went to cry, and I believe it was alive. God said, "Live." You remember? It might have been in church. It might have been at a mourner's bench. It might have been at home. It might have been behind the barn. It could have been in a pickup truck, like my brother. But the moment you cried out to God, in the moment that you cried out, and God said, "Live." Live, live, and divine life entered into your soul. You became a brand new creature in Christ Jesus. He said, live, live. And that's when we begin to start living, when Christ saved our souls. Live. I tell you, God did for me what, listen, Reformation couldn't do Rehabilitation couldn't do it halfway houses and drug rehabs and, listen, I mean psychiatrists and everything else, they couldn't do it. But i tell you what the Lord did. He did it in a moment and a twinkling just like that. Live. Live. <laughs> they used to sing that old song, I just started living. Found me a brand new life. <laughs> hey, what happened when you got saved by the grace of God? And then very quickly tonight, I want you to see the results of this grace. The results and the outcome of the grace of God. Look at verse 8. The Bible said here in verse 8, When I pass by Thee, there's the condescension. He said, I pass by Thee. And He said, I looked upon Thee. There's the concern. And Thy time was the time of love. There's the compassion. And then He said, and I spread my skirt over Thee. That's the claiming. You remember reading about that in the book of Ruth chapter 3 and verse 9? Ruth was down there at the threshing floor and she eased up to Boaz's feet and she said about the middle of the night, about midnight, Boaz woke up and he said, Who art thou? And she said, I'm Ruth and you're a near kinsman redeemer and will you spread your skirt over me? That that meant will you claim me for your own? Thank God I'm glad he spread His skirt over us. He's claimed us for His own church. Then he said, i covered thy nakedness. There's the clothing. He didn't reach back in the Salvation Army. He didn't reach back and there's nothing wrong with wearing clothes from the Salvation Army. I've wore a few. Nothing wrong with buying you clothes down at Big Lots. I've been there. and Target and Kmart and Wally World. Amen. I mean, I've invested in those places. Yes, you're right. You say, why, I thought all you evangelists were them $500 suits. Not this and not here. I mean... I've never had one that quite that expensive. If I ever do, it'll be somebody giving it to me. Amen. But what I'm saying is, He covered our nakedness and He did it with the garments of salvation. You say, preacher, I see you in a black suit up there and you've got some kind of yellow tie on. But you don't see me like God sees me. You see, God sees me hid with Christ in God. I am clothed in the imputed righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then he said, And thou becamest... Well, notice verse 8. He said, I entered into a covenant with thee. There's a covenant relationship. Well, you say that's in the Old Testament. Wait a minute. The Bible said in Hebrews chapter 8 and verse 6 that we have a better covenant. We're still in a covenant relationship, but it's the blood covenant, friend that was signed at the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have a better covenant. And He said, And thou becamest mine, there's the confirmation, and I wash thee with water, there's the cleansing. You know what preachers have been doing all down through the years? Taking the water of the Word and washing me and washing me and washing me. Lord, you say, Brother Buster, you don't look like much tonight, but you should have seen me when He found me. You should have seen me when I had my hair parted in the middle, laid back over my ears and down on the back of my neck, turquoise rings on and turquoise necklaces. That you should have seen me when he found me and see how far he's brought me tonight. And by the way, he's not through with me; he's still working on me, friends. How about you? Hey, Amen. That ain't you. This you said I'm about to sprout wings and fly away. No, that's your. That's not a halo over your head. That's your horns growing together. There ain't none of us about to sprout wings and fly away yet. We're still down here in this old Adamic flesh, in this old Adamic nature that we have to fight day after day. But He said, I entered into a covenant with thee, and thou becamest mine. There's the confirmation. He said, I'm confirming this thing. Israel, you became mine. And not only did Israel become God's, but the moment I got saved... God the Father became my heavenly Father that became my Father friend and I became His. The Shulamite girl said it like this: She said, "I am my beloved's and my beloved's is mine, and his banner over me is love." I am glad tonight that I became the Lord's. The day saved me, and then quickly he said, "I washed thee with water." There's the cleansing. He said, "I anointed thee with oil." There's the controlling. I like that oil part right there. I anointed thee with oil. You know, you know what oil is symbolic of in the Bible. It's symbolic of the Holy Ghost. And I remember when Rebecca was first born, our little our girl, she's not all that little now, she's about six foot tall, she grew up. But Rebecca, when she was first born, had what they called cradle cap. And her skin was a little flaky. She didn't have much hair. Barbara would take that Johnson's baby oil and pour it out on her hands and she would rub Beck's head and then she'd pour a little more and rub Beck's face and then she'd rub her arms. The next thing you know, that little girl was glistening, just glistening all over. I like it when God the Holy Ghost anoints us with the heavenly, heavenly anointing oil. (laughs) Thou becamest mine, washed thee with water, anointed thee with oil. There's the controlling and he said, I set a beautiful crown, in verse 12, upon thy head. There's coronation. You say, but Brother Buster, we've not been crowned yet. The Bible says in Psalms 103, verse 4, Who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. We've been crowned every day since we've been saved, friend. You realize that? The Bible said, the Scripture said, Who redeemeth thy life from destruction. That's salvation. The Bible said, "...who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies." Every day He crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercies. I'm glad tonight that I am His and He is mine. I close with this. Look at verse 14. We're through tonight. In verse number 14, the Bible said, "...and thy renown, Israel, thy renown went forth among the heathen for thy beauty." For it was perfect through my comeliness, which I had put upon thee, saith the Lord God. Now there's something about this word renown. He said here. He said, "In thy renown went forth." The word renown carries the idea of a distinguished standing, regal position, carries the idea of prominence and notability and fame and reputation. You said, "Well, Brother Vester, we're just we're just sinners saved by grace down here at the way of the cross." But let's put the emphasis on sinners saved by grace. By grace, you say, but preacher, we're not really anybody down here. We're just passing through. We're pilgrims and strangers. I understand that, but I'm telling you, we belong to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We're His children, friends. Heirs and joint heirs with the Lord Jesus Christ, and I'm going to say something. We've got a regal, I mean, a renowned standing in the Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody told me about a friend of mine the other day was in a restaurant. He got up toward. They was crowded. They was really crowded. And he went up to the front. And he said, "Ma'am, you need to seek me in a hurry." He said, "I'm an ambassador. I'm an ambassador for another country," and he didn't lie. <laughs> He was was an ambassador for a heavenly country. (laughs) Oh, sure, they look at us and they laugh at us, you know. Have you ever been to the Macy's Mall? There's one, there used to be one in Atlanta. Many years ago, they took me there. I went there to that. That's been maybe 15 years ago. It was a triple-decker type mall. I'd never seen anything like that back then. Had an elevator that went up the side of it, lights on it, and I thought, my, my, my. And a Macy's, I'd never, I'd seen that when I was a kid on television, you know, the Macy's parade and things like that at Thanksgiving. But I'd never seen a Macy's department store. Me and a preacher friend of mine, he took me down that town, took me to that mall. We went in there in Macy's and I was looking at some sport coats, five and $600 for a sport coat. I eased it back in real carefully, you know, and hoped I hadn't (laughs) picked anything on it. Picked up a pair of shoes and turned them over, and they was five and six and seven hundred dollars for a pair of shoes. I eased them back in there real carefully. Now, I mean, I'd never seen prices that high. I thought, my goodness! And we were starting to walk out of the store, and the preacher just began to laugh. He broke down and began to just hee haw and laugh. I said, "What are you laughing about?" He said, "The manager's been over there laughing at you for the last fifteen minutes." He said, he's been watching you pick up that stuff and put it back real easy. He said he realized we are Walmart boys just as soon as we walked in with them. Every evangelist knows where Wally World is, friend. And I, before I ever thought about it, I said, I going to tell you something, Pastor. He doesn't realize it, but two of the King's children. Amen. Two of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords' children just come walking through his penny Annie store. That's it. Hey, I was preaching for Brother Ralph Sexton Sr. years ago at the Land of Sky Jubilee, And they were very gracious to me and my wife. They got us tickets to go to Biltmore. How many of you have been to Biltmore Mansion? I mean, people that work at Biltmore, you think they think that's where the new Jerusalem's going to be. I mean, buddy, they're proud of Biltmore. And I, man, they 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 said, you want you to go to Biltmore, take your time and go through it. And you just need a day of rest. And and they got us the tickets. And I wasn't really excited about it, but my wife, you know, she she got excited about that. We walked through there, and they said this goes back to Louis the fourth, Louis the eighth. This bedroom suit goes back to Louis the eighth. They told me one day that Brother Mays Jackson, Brother Billy Kelly went through Biltmore. And they told Brother Mays, you know, had his sport coat on, had his tie on, saying, beloved, beloved. That's how Brother Mays would always start his message. And Brother Billy had on a pair of bib overalls. And he was walking through there and had his fingers in his gallows. And they said, well, this bedroom suit goes back to Louis VIII. Brother Billy Kelly spoke up and said, that ain't nothing. i got one that goes back to Sears and Robots the 14th of March. month. I don't make a Needless to say, Brother Billy Kelly was not impressed over Louis VIII's bedroom suit. But that day we walked through there and we saw all the things that they had and went through that whole rigmarole and heard all of that. Came walking out, came back to church that night, and I thanked the pastor and I thanked him for sending us over there and taking care of us. He said, Brother Buster, what did you think of Biltmore? And I said, Brother Ralph Sr., I said, I want to say something. Biltmore wouldn't make a good chicken coop where we're going to live throughout all the time. I'm telling you, there is a regal, renowned position about being saved by the good grace of God. We're headed somewhere, church. As Brother Blue preached tonight, we're headed to the other side. We're going there. We're going to make it safe to the other side. Just a little glimpse of grace found in the Old Testament.